my. Wow. Good morning, Woodland Hills. It is good to be back with you. Uh, you're like, you've been with us before, and I have. I have. It was a couple years ago, and I got a chance to be with you in your Bible conference. I got to hear Malcolm Ellis ran around here and preach God's Word, and I had, I had to get up after him, and so I just had a spell. It was good. Now, y'all have just had a Bible conference, so my soul, y'all ought to be... I, I'm telling you, I don't know if you worshiped this morning, but I did. The Spirit of the living God filled this place. I hope you know that. Because the Spirit of God doesn't fill every place because He's not invited everywhere. But where He is allowed and wherever He comes, He'll fill it, He'll set it free, and He'll use it for the glory of God. Welcome to church. Glory. Hi, my name is Heath. I've been with your students all weekend. I want to tell you, you've got to go. Hey, students, I love you. I have enjoyed my time with you. Jason, phenomenal job. I'm telling you, your student ministry did a fantastic job this weekend, and we saw many lives changed for the glory of God. Thank you, Jason. My soul. Abide Weekend 2018 has been incredible. I, I love your pastor. He's, been, he's become a very dear friend of mine. And, and, and Brother Charles, thank you. Thank you for letting me be with you this morning. It's a huge honor to be with this church family. And, and Aaron, we go back a long time. Uh, Aaron and I did a revival together several years ago in southeast Texas at Old River. At Old River. I, I'd never been there before. I got lost three times. It was great. But I met Aaron there, and so it is, it's a joy to be with you this morning. We've been talking about abiding in Christ out of John chapter 15 all weekend long where Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branch. And he who abides in me and I him will bear much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Well, this morning I want to finish that series, and I want to take us this morning to John chapter 14. You see, there are seven great discourses, church family, of the I Am passages in the book of John. We see the first one where Jesus declares in John 6 that He is the bread of life. We see in John chapter 8, verse 12, and in chapter 9, verse 5, that Jesus says, I am the light of the world. We see that Jesus says, I am the door of the sheep, in John chapter 10, and then in John, again in John chapter 10, he says, I am the good shepherd. He also says, I'm the resurrection and the life in John chapter 11, verse 25. And then he says this in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that's the one we're going to talk about today. I want us to talk about that, that discourse because as we move into there, the last one, of course, is the one where the students and I, we, we kind of dealt with all weekend long in John chapter 15, verse 1. But this morning, I want us to look together at John chapter 14, beginning in verse 1. Would you please stand with me as we read God's Word together? The Bible says, I, he says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms, if it were not true what I have told you, that I've gone to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way I, where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. For now on, you do know Him and have seen Him. And Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, 
And it, is, and it will be enough for us. And Jesus said to him, Have I not been with you so long, and you still do not know, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does His work. Believe me that I am the Father, and the Father is in me or else believe on the account of the words themselves. Lord Jesus, I pray this morning that You would speak mightily through this passage of Scripture. Lord, thank You for reminding us the, the incredible insight that You indeed are the way, the truth, and the life. Lord, speak mightily to us as we abide in You in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. You may be seated this morning. Thank You for standing with me. There are literally about five thoughts I want to leave with you from this passage of Scripture that tie into exactly what we've been talking about in the Abide weekend. And I want to talk about Abide, show us the Father. Show us the Father. Jesus begins this discourse by really, literally opening the curtains of heaven and allowing the disciples to see a little bit, a glimpse of what's to come. Now, I don't know about you, church, but I've got people that, that, are, that, are, that are my family that are in heaven. They're already there. They're already celebrating. They're already rejoicing. They're already experiencing Jesus as He is. I can't wait till that day. But for the rest of us, this is the glimpse we have from Scripture. This is what Jesus says when He says, do not let your heart be troubled. Do not let it be burdened down. Do not let your heart become become calloused. He says, do not be troubled. He says, believe in God. That word belief we know is not simply, well, I believe it's going to snow today or it's going to rain today or we're in Texas, it could be 55 or 90. That's not the word believe. This word believe is you can stake your life on it. You can put your trust in it. He says, believe in God, believe also in me. And students, we talked about this weekend. Church family, we're talking about it now. If you are going to abide in Jesus, you're going to have to throw your total trust in Him. You're going to have to trust Him. You're going to have to believe Him. And you're going to have to take a step of faith. And Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. Do not let your heart become full of fear. Do not let your heart turn away. Believe in God, believe also in me. And then he peels the curtain back. And what we see here is a beautiful picture where Jesus says, in my Father's house are many mansions. Isn't that going to be glorious? Because you know, we, we think of mansions and we think of Hollywood and we think of big homes where celebrities live. Hey folks, in heaven they will be merely shacks. Because God will not be outdone. Think about that. So everybody that wants to put their faith and trust and belief in this world, they get that. But what God does, we can't even imagine. Think about that. If your imagination went there, it still would be, it would be insignificant or insufficient. You wouldn't have enough information. Jesus says, my, in my Father's house are many rooms. And if it were not so, I would have told you. And then he says this, and I go to prepare a place for you. Hey, saint of God, he goes to prepare a place for you. You don't have to wonder when you get to heaven where you're going to live. You already have an address. And it's written in His blood. And it's written by His paid sacrifice upon the cross for your sin. And when you trusted Jesus and you put your belief in Him and you threw your life upon Him, He gave you a place to live with Him forever. You're a child. And when you enter the kingdom, you enter His kingdom as His child forever and ever. Amen. Long live the King. 
By the way, I forgot to tell you, I'm also Cajun. I can tell some of you are like, whoa, you're not from around these parts. I actually grew up in East Texas. I grew up in Rusk. And uh, my mom and dad are from South Louisiana. That just means we're confused. But I'll tell you this, folks. When Jesus saved me, He got all of me. And I'm going to tell you one day, Heath Pelican is going to die. And they're going to put this body in the ground. But listen to me, students. Heath Pelican will not be dead. To quote that great theologian D.L. Moody, I'll be more alive in that moment than I am today. For in that moment I shall be as He is. And in that moment I shall be more alive than I am right now today. And I want you to know, you won't need to cry for me, Argentina, because I'll be in my mansion, in my place, prepared for me by Him, because He died and rose again. Glory to His name. That's the introduction. Y'all had Herb Revis last week, so I'm not scaring you at all. I love it. I tell you what, he was preaching one night, and I saw the paint peel right off the wall. It was unbelievable. I love him because he loves Jesus. I love you, church, because you love Jesus. The Holy Spirit of God is here this morning. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, he's wooing you to himself because he loves you and died for you. You don't have to wonder that. I've told your students all weekend long, he loves you. He wants a relationship with you. I don't care where you are or what you've done. He's prepared a place for you. He already has your name on it. You just didn't know it yet. He's been waiting on you. Mm. Mm. Love this. He says this. He says, and if I go to prepare a place for you, verse 3, I will come again and I will take you to myself. <laughs> By the way, he brings you there himself. I don't know about you. But why couldn't he send it? Now, now listen, think about this with me now. I'm, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be uh, uh, superfluous here. I'm trying to be honest. He could send an angel. He's got things to do, Brother Charles. He's got millions and millions of people to oversee. The Bible says, I will come myself. Myself. He doesn't need a guide. He is the guide. He's absolutely, in verse 3, setting up what he's about to say. Because Jesus is not going to leave it to anyone else to do what only he can do. Jesus has all authority given to him by the Father, according to Matthew chapter 11 and Matthew chapter 28. And what he's about to do is exercise it right here. This is what he says. I love this. He says, I will come to you myself, and where I am, you may be also. Whoo! I know this about heaven. Heaven's where he is. And wherever He is, that's where I want to be. That's why I love the church. That's why I love coming to church. That's why I love coming here. Because this is a little bit of heaven on earth. When we have to work out there all week and get beat up all week just trying to get out of the parking lot at Walmart. You been to Walmart lately? I was there last week. Had to do three gymnastic moves to get in the door. In Longview, Texas. That's okay. I, have, I live in Dallas and we have a Kroger's the same way. I don't know how anybody lives. The just shall live by faith just try to get across the parking lot. He says, where I go, you'll go. And I will take you there myself and where I am, you may be also. And then I love this church. And you know where I am going. 
Jesus had been with the disciples. He'd been abiding with them. He had been loving on them. He'd been yearning and bringing them to himself. He'd been teaching them, pouring into them. And he says, you know where I'm going. And look immediately at the response. Thomas says to him. Now, I love this because the disciples are like us. They really are. I mean, here he is. Thomas is going to speak to the Lord Jesus. And you think he's going to say something profound like, Lord, even now, take us there. That's not what he says. Look what he says. He says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. Lord, our GPS is broken. It's recalculating. You ever had one of those moments? I had one of those couple days ago where it recalculated four times, and I thought about driving about 75 and just throwing it out the window. Only problem is it's also my cell phone. He says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Ah, he asked the question. Hey, listen, folks, there's a lot of people all around Longview, Texas that are looking for a way. They want relief. They want peace. They want comfort. Hey, students, they go to your school, and they are looking and seeking. Adults, they live and go to work with us. They're in our neighborhoods. They're living, and they're seeking, and they are just gnawing on the inside because they don't know the way. Because they think the way is a direction. What we're about to see right here, it's a noun. You ready? I want to show it to you. Verse 5. Thomas said, we don't know where you're going. And Jesus in verse 6, he says, how can we know the way? Verse 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. That's how it reads in the Greek. It is redundant, it is poignant, and it is powerful. And he says right here, I am the way. No one else. You can't get to heaven by being good. You can't, be to, you can't get to heaven by doing good. You must know Jesus. In a personal relationship where you come and you surrender your life to Him. Uh, one of the most beautiful things I saw over the last couple of days was watching students every night give their life to Jesus, surrendering to Jesus, giving Him their life, saying, Lord, I turn from my sin, I repent of my sin, and I give my life to You. Why? Because Jesus is the only way. There's no other way. Well, Heath, there's all these roads that lead to heaven. That's a lie. Satan has, get, has, has gotten people to believe that for so long. There are, no, there are no many ways. There's one way. There's one truth. That Jesus Christ is the Son of God, born of a virgin, lived 33 sinless years, and died upon a cross for you and me so that you and I could abide in Him, so we could know Him, so we have a relationship with Him, so that we could live with Him forever and ever and ever. Because He's going to prepare a place for us, and even so, He's going to come again. And on that day when He comes back, He's coming back not as a little baby, but as the King of kings and Lord of lords, and He will reign in all the earth, and He will take over, and He will make wrong right. I tell you, Brother Charles got to preach it up here a while ago, and I, I was the guy down here, if y'all didn't hear me, I said, camp there! I said, man, he could have gone 20 more minutes and I'd just amen him to death. It was good. Hey, one day, folks, we're going to have a supper and the honored guests will be Jesus and we'll all be there together and worshiping Him. How beautiful will that be? None of us deserve it. None of us have earned it. But by the grace and mercy and the love of Jesus, those of us who have trusted Jesus Christ will be in His presence at His dinner forever and ever.
Hallelujah and amen. He says this, I'm the way and the truth. And then he said this, students, we talked a lot about this. And he says, I am the life. If you abide in Christ, you're going to abide in his life. You're going to get to know who he is. You're going to walk as Jesus walked. You're going to learn as Jesus learned. You're going to become as the Apostle Paul taught the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. We need plenty of people imitating Jesus so that people who are watching and looking can say, I want to be like them. I praise God I grew up in a church like that. I watched men and women who shared their faith, loved Jesus, believed His Word, His inerrant, holy, righteous Word, and every bit of it. And they were obedient. And God used them. And He'll use you and me. Because He's the life. There is no other life apart from Him. I told your students, I said, you know, people try to find life in all these ways. But when you and I abide in Christ, we find that life is about Jesus and our sustenance and our, and our strength comes from the Lord. It comes from His Word. You will not find Jesus abiding in Jesus outside of His Word. You will not be able to walk in truth apart from His Word. You will not be able to live or breathe or know what He wants apart from His Word. But if you get in His Word, He'll change your life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to Jesus except through the cross and through the blood. But praise God for the cross. Praise God for the blood. Praise God for the resurrection. Because it gives us life. And one day we will not stand on our own account. We will stand on His. Because of His blood. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, all I would tell you today is run to Him. Not from Him. Run to Him. When I was a little boy, there was this place that opened in a, in a, in a nearby town. You see, I lived in the country, and so we had to drive into town, and the nearest town was about 15 minutes away. They opened this thing called Walmart. Any of y'all ever heard of Walmart? Amen? Walmart? Well, they opened one of those, and it was fascinating to me because I'll never forget this as long as I live. They had fish bowls, and you could go and watch all these exotic fish students. I'd never seen Now, you got, you know, you got pet stores nowadays where you can go see that. Well, back then, I mean, if you want to see a fish, you caught it. You drug it up. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You went fishing for it. You brought it up and went, well, I don't know what that is. Somebody take a picture and we'll go get a Polaroid of it and figure out what it is. Well, man, I mean, Walmart started having fish in fish bowls. Well, my mother had taken my sister and I to Walmart. And as a, I don't know how old I was, I was a, I was a little guy, and I told my mama, I said, Mama, is it okay with you if I go back to the, um, to the fish tank. She said, absolutely, go for it. And so I took off. And I mean, I made a beeline back there, knew exactly where it was. I had a friend that even gave me a little map, told me how to get back there. I drew it out on my hand. There I went. I got back to the fish boats. And folks, I was mesmerized. I must have spent what was like probably about 15, 20 minutes. I lost all track of time. But something happened in the midst of that. I began to realize I, I, I don't know where my mama is. And so I kind of became disoriented. And I started walking down aisles going, Mama, Mama, where are you? Mama? And you know, when you, you get desperate, you kind of start going, Mama! You know what I'm talking about? I mean, it gets... Dear sweet lady walks around the corner, and she goes, Young man, can I help you? And I said, I'm looking for my mama. She said, What's her name? I said, Mama. <laughs> I don't know what you call your mama, lady, but she's my mama. She laughed. She said, what's your last name? I said, my last name's Pelican. Does she have your last name? I said, yes, we have the same name. She said, good. So she took me up to the front, students. This was cool. I've never seen this before. But they had one of those loudspeakers 
where she could push a button and she could intercom everybody on the store. I was mesmerized. You see, it, entertainment was simple back then. I know. Y'all are like, wow, that's, that's not real impressive. But it was back then. And she said, would Mrs. Peloquin come to the front? We have your son here. I'll never forget, my mom appeared out of nowhere. You moms are amazing. I mean, she had this homing device. And she was, I mean, she was there. I'll never forget what my mother told me. My godly mother who loves Jesus, she's taught Sunday school this morning. She's had her quiet time. I told, you, I told your students, I said, on a college bet, I took a, a guy I was discipling at 3.30 a.m. And at 5.30, we showed up at my house, and my mother was having her Bible study. I didn't tell her I was coming. We only had pay phones back then in dorm rooms. I'll never forget my godly mother grabbed me, Aaron, and this is what she said. She said, Heath, never run from me, always run to me. In this passage of Scripture, church, Jesus is telling us to come to Him, not from Him. He loves you. Abiding in Him is all about us coming to Him and not from Him. He is not afraid of the questions. Look at what He says. He says, you have seen me, Thomas. You know who I am. And then Philip chimes in. Don't you love Philip? I love Philip too. He says, Lord, show us the Father. It'll be enough for us. And Jesus looks at him and says, have you not been with me so long? Isn't it interesting that we can be with Jesus and we still don't get it? Isn't it interesting we can be with Jesus and we still ask these questions? But Jesus didn't mind the questions because he was ready for the answer. Look at what he says to him. He says, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. He says, how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe I am the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does His work. Hey, students, the reason why, adults, the reason why we can abide in Christ is because Jesus dwells in the Father and the Father dwells in Him. And get this, and then when you give your life to Him, He dwells in you. He abides in you. Because the Greek word for dwell, believe it or not, is the same word for abide. Isn't that fun? So Heath, how do I abide in Jesus? You get in His Word. You live in His Word. You love His Word. And then you pray and you say, Lord, reveal Yourself to me. And you know what? He will show you the Father. He will reveal Himself to you. His Holy Spirit will speak truth into your life and you'll be different tomorrow than you are today. I promise. Because I've experienced it. I've seen God do amazing things through faithful people become obedient to His Word. The relationship is essential in abiding. Trusting and obeying is essential to abiding. You can't abide without trusting. Look what he says in verse 8. I love this passage. It's such a, such a vibrant one. He says, Lord, show us the way, and it'll be enough for us. And Jesus says, have I been with you so long, Philip, that you don't know me? That word know means to be in a relationship with. That word know literally means, it, it, it's a word saying, have you not walked with me so long? Philip, have you not been in a relationship with me this long? I want to tell you, church, that we cannot continue to walk outside of the will of God and have the blessings of God. But if we'll get inside the will of God, He will speak to us and He will, He will use us. But you got to know Him. you got to have a relationship with Him. you got to trust Him. I love that great hymn, Trust and Obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than trust and obey. I know how to be unhappy. 
Just be disobedient. There's a, there's a whole world out there, folks, trying to find happiness. And it's all about the wrong thing. But you and I, we know Him. He says this. He says, have you not been with me? Do you not know me? And He says this, and have you not seen Him? And Philip says to him, and he says to Philip, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Belief and trust. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The greatest thing for those of us that live this side of the cross and did not walk with the disciples, we have not laid our physical eyes upon Him. But I'll tell you this, by faith we've seen Him. By the way, you do know the greatest miracle ever that, ever, that you and I will ever see is when someone who is dead in their trespasses and sin come alive in Christ. Oh, do you remember when you got saved? Boy, I do. On a Tuesday night at a revival, it was 12 degrees outside. My mom and dad said, we're going to church. I had the flu. I sat on the third row thinking, man, when this thing's over, I can get out of here. You know what the pastor preached? This is what's so good about when I met Jesus. I'd been in church my whole life. Here's what, here's what he said. He said, For God so loved the world that God gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. As soon as he said that, I turned to my mother and said, I don't know that Jesus. But I said, If He loves me, I want Him. And I waited for the preacher to finish so I could get saved. If he would have quit talking 20 minutes before that, I'd have gotten saved. I was ready. I was humming in the pew. And it wasn't just my ADHD. He gave the invitation before my mom could grab me. I was down the aisle and I was on my knees. And folks, here's the greatest part about it. Those, those who began a relationship with Jesus, here's the deal. All, I began to just pour my heart out to God, praying out loud, Lord, forgive me, I'm a sinner. I need Jesus right now. And right there, right there at the altar, First Baptist Church, Russ, Texas, the Lord Jesus saved my soul. Because you know what? I realized that He's the way, the truth, and the life, and that He loved me. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never done that. I want to tell you today's the day of salvation. Today is the day of trust. Today is the day that we believe Him and we trust Him because that's essential in, 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 in abiding. Hey, listen, I want to tell you, there are people that, that may disappoint you. There are people that may fail you. There are people that may actually not do what they say they're going to do. But Jesus will never do that to you. Jesus will always be faithful. Jesus will always be true. The relationship is essential to abiding Belief and trust are essential in abiding. The third thing I want you to see is, is very important. I want you to notice too that the authority is essential in abiding. You see, Jesus' claims would have been false if He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and He had no authority to back it up. But He does. I'll give you one instance. As a matter of fact, it comes from one of the I am statements where Jesus said to Mary in John chapter 11, verse 25 and following, Mary, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he dies, will rise again. Now, how can you say that unless you are God? Well, then Jesus backed it up. You remember what happened is he raised Lazarus from the dead. Only God raises people from the dead. You know that, right? 
Jesus raised him from the dead. But here's what's exciting about that. Not only did Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead, but last time I went to Israel, I walked into both tombs, they say, where Jesus is, and I want to tell you, both of them are empty. He's not there. He's alive. You can go see anybody else's tomb, and they're still there. Their bones are there. Their remains are there. Their tombstones are there. But Jesus is not. He's risen, and He's alive. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Present tense, future tense, always tense. He's God, and He is at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us right now. Students, you can abide in Him. You can trust Him. Adults, we can trust Him because He is alive. Authority is essential to abiding in Christ. The fourth thing is this, belief on the account of what you've seen. Look at what he says right here. He tells them this in verse 11. I love this. He says, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on the account of the works themselves. What works themselves? Well, some of that we find very clearly in the book of Luke. And I love this passage because it kind of teaches us some things about what Jesus was trying to show the disciples in the midst of His learning and teaching of them. But one of the things I love about this is in the book of Luke, Jesus was teaching, ministering, He was healing the sick, He was raising the dead, and then James's fo- John's followers came to Him and said, um, we've got a word from our, from our Master. Are you really the Messiah? Now, John knew Jesus. Y'all knew that, right? Matter of fact, the, the, the incredible part of that passage is this. Is that John met Jesus when John was still in Elizabeth's belly. Matter of fact, when Jesus, when Mary was pregnant with Jesus, she came into the presence of John, and the Bible says John leapt within Elizabeth. And Elizabeth began to prophesy over Mary. John knew who Jesus was. But John was in prison. And John is human like you and me. And if you'll remember Jesus' answers, here's Jesus' answer because it correlates with this passage. Jesus says, tell John that the deaf hear, the blind see, and the dead are raised. Hey, folks, let me tell you something. Only the one who is the way, the truth, and the life can make the mute, the deaf, hear. Could you imagine for the first time being able to hear music? Could you imagine for the first time being able to hear sounds? Could you imagine the first voice you ever heard (laughs) was Jesus' voice? Oh, there's no sweeter voice than Jesus. But what about the blind man, blind, blind Bartimaeus on the side of the road? Have mercy on me, oh God, have mercy on me. And Jesus reaching down and touching him, him receiving sight. And the first pe- person that he ever sees in his entire life is Jesus. The way, the truth, and the life. He looks up and he sees Jesus. Isn't it interesting that when he was blind, he could see? Or how about the dead? The centurion that comes to Jesus, he says, I am over many. You say the word and they will be. And Jesus said, I've not seen greater faith in all of Israel. Only the one who is the great I am can say that and back it up 
And when you and I understand what abiding means on the account of the works you have seen, folks, we serve a God who sent His only Son, who healed the sick, He raised the dead, He caused the blind to see, caused the deaf to hear. And He wants us to have a relationship with Him. It's beautiful. It's mind-blowing. It's glorious. And there are people that walk by that every day and say, I just don't have time for it. I am the truth. I am the way. I am the life. Life. Abiding in Jesus brings life to you and brings life to others. Well, I wonder what happens when we show the Father to others. I wonder what happens when we get in the Word of God and we see the power of God revealed. I want to show you this and then I'm done. After Jesus says all this, He then takes them and He shows them something else. He shows them someone else. Look what He says in verse 15. He says, and if you, in John chapter 14, verse 15, if you love Me, you will keep My commandments. And I will ask the Father and He will give you another Helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it is neither sees Him or knows Him, you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. There's that word dwell again. It comes from the same Greek word abide. So you now have in this passage of Scripture, you have Jesus referring to God the Father, referring to the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes, He lives inside of us, abides in us, dwells in us. And I love this part. He says, and guess what? The world cannot receive Him, but you do. He's the Spirit of what? He's the Spirit of truth. And when He comes and lives inside of you, and He abides in you, He will lead you to all truth. He'll lead you to the One who is the way, the truth, and the life. He will lead you to glorify God. He'll lead, lead you to serve Jesus well. Why is that important? Because folks, if you're not abiding, you're not really living. If you're not abiding, you don't really know. And Jesus is telling the disciples, when I leave, there's one coming who's going to walk with you every day, just like I have. And He's going to live inside every believer. And the church of Jesus Christ is going to flourish and flourish and grow because He's going to lead people to all truth and lead people to love My Word and lead people to know Me. What I love about this passage is simply this. When you and I abide, it shows who He really is in us. It shows others the example Jesus Christ means to us. And I cannot wait to see what that looks like here as God continues to use you as a church to bless others. Hey, students, when you get into your school and you're, you're abiding in Christ and, they, and you're bearing fruit and fruit that, that remains and fruit that can be tasted and fruit that can, that, can, that can show forth Jesus, let me tell you what that looks like. That'll change your whole high school. Because you're God's answer for them. To take Jesus to them. He's the answer. But you've got Him. Holy Spirit lives inside you. He'll give you courage. He's the Spirit of truth. He says, I'll go with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's there. He's with you. Adults, guess what? When we get up tomorrow morning and we fight traffic to get to work, guess what? He'll be there. He'll be with us. He'll be the Spirit of truth and He'll lead us into all truth. And now here's the deal. 
if we abide in Him and He in us, we'll bear fruit. And that fruit is good for a world that's starving. For a world that needs Jesus. <laughs> I was having lunch with my college roommate. I told your students this story, so I'll tell you. A couple weeks ago, I love Mexican food. I believe there'll be a whole section of heaven that has Mexican food. Amen? <laughs> Glory to His name. I think there'll be a salt grass, and I think there'll be Mexican food. I think there'll be all, you know. Of course, I'm Cajun French, so there'll be some gumbo somewhere. Amen? <laughs> we sat down to eat. My college roommate and his wife, and my wife and I, and we were headed to an event together, and, and we sat down and we were praying. We talked to our waitress who came by and said, we want to pray for you and we want, to, we want to help you any way we can. And she said, pray for me. I'm going through some hard times. We said, do you know Jesus? And she said, I do. And I, so we prayed over her. And as soon as we said amen, church, this is what happened. This is what abiding looks like, by the way. So we said amen. Four believers sitting there. We had just prayed for her. We had just prayed. They had just brought the queso. Glory to God for queso. And they set it down in front of us. And what I'm about to tell you is one of the greatest things on all the planet. From across the room... From across the room came a waitress, another waitress, doing this. Ah, I thought, you have got to be kidding me. She's running and screaming. Now, I live in Dallas. That might be normal there, but I'm from East Texas, and that ain't right here. You don't do that. I looked at her like you're looking at me. She runs to our table. She runs to our table, and she gets to our table, tears are streaming down her face, and she says, I just saw you pray for her. She says, I need you to pray for me. I'm about to go to prison. Yeah, that was my thought. I don't know about you, but I'm about to have some queso. I've never had anybody run up and tell me, I just want you to know I'm about to go to prison. Would you pray for me? I'll never forget what I did, church. I looked at her and I said, I'd love to pray for you. Be glad to pray for you. I said, let me ask you a question. Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? She says, I do. She says, I recently got saved. I know the Lord, but she said, and then she said, she said, but I have some consequences for some past mistakes and some, some things I have done. And I said this to her. I said, okay. I said, and you're going to do what's right by that. But I said, your future and your present does not dictate your past. Jesus has forgiven you. Woo! She looked at me and she went, oh, whoa. Just like that. I said, man, we're going to pray for you. But I said, I'm not just going to pray that the Lord will bless you. I pray that God will use you in prison. And then when you get out, God will use you with your family. I said, because He is the way, He's the truth, and He's the life. And He will use your life if you will. She said, that sounds good. I said, yep, that is. That's His hope. Hey, folks, here's the deal. God is using people all the time. God is speaking to people. God is changing people. God is saving people. And you and I get to be a part of their lives. And I mean, she, we prayed right there at the table. I wish you could see people around us. They were like this. But here's why I tell you this and I'm done. When you and I abide in Jesus, it helps set other people free. And I want to tell you this, when you've been set free, there's nothing more glorious than seeing somebody else move from darkness to light with a chains to fall off for Jesus Christ to become King and Lord of their life. And when you abide in Him and they see your freedom and they start running across a restaurant to have you pray for them, I want to tell you, you will give glory to Jesus. My wife and I walked out of there and I said, I would have my life be nothing else. That was one of the glorious things. I had, I had church over queso. It was awesome. Now, does that happen all the time? No. 
I think sometimes it doesn't happen because I'm not obedient enough, just to be honest. But I'm going to tell you this. Hey, students, I told you this all weekend long. I'm not perfect, but I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to keep walking with Him. And you know what? When I sin, I'm going to confess it and keep going. Listen to me, church. You're not perfect, but if you'll keep your eyes on Jesus and you'll keep walking with Him, let me tell you, He'll use you like never before and you will reach Longview and Hallsville and everywhere else in between for the glory of God because we need you. We need a church like this full of the power and presence of God that's not ashamed of the Word of God and not ashamed to tell people you can come to Jesus. He'll save you from hell. He'll give you heaven. He'll give you His Spirit and you can abide with Him and be set free from your sin. Glory to His name. Or we can just all come in and sing How Great Thou Art leave. That's a great song. I want to sing it every Sunday. But I tell you what, we had church this morning in here. I mean, from the first note of the first song to when Brother Charles got up here and preached, have mercy. I mean it, y'all. There's not much like that anywhere else. You know that, right? But because you believe the Word, God is using you. Because you love people that He loves, God is using you. And every day, I just want to get up and be a blessing to somebody. I don't care if it's at a Mexican food restaurant or Walmart. Lord, here's my life. Use me. Use me. I was at a gas pump one morning. It was 12 degrees outside. I was getting ready to go to church. I was pumping my gas in the, in the Metroplex. This lady, bless her heart, 12 degrees. She's outside. She is cleaning around the gas station. I, I stopped her. I was so moved, Pastor Charles. I stopped her. I said, I said, ma'am, I have to thank you. I said, this place is spotless. How, how long have you been out here? She said, oh, a couple hours. I said, a couple hours. I said, ma'am, it's 12 degrees outside. I said, I'm about to throw my gloves on and get back in the car. It's cold. She said, oh, sir, this is my joy. I said, my joy? To pick up stuff people threw on the ground? I saw a guy throw it. She just laughed. She goes, people do that all the time. I said, I, I, but that didn't bother you? She said, no. She says, it's my joy. She says, I've got a job, and I love Jesus, and I'm so grateful to have it. I said, ma'am, I just had church out here at a gas pump at 12 degrees. Because I met a believer that loved the Lord and was doing it for His glory because she knew He was the way, the truth, and the life. And she was abiding in Him. And when the vine and the branch are connected, folks, people will know it. And I'm telling you what, I, I got, hey, she was bearing fruit and I was being blessed. So whether you're cleaning around a gas station at 12 degrees or you're working wherever you're working or you're raising children or grandchildren or you're going to school, Folks, let's tell people the truth. Let's live the truth. Let's show them the way. And you watch what Jesus does through you. Because He wants to use you. He wants to use all of you. I love how He ends this. He says this. Even if the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, you know Him, for He dwells, abides with you, and will be in you. Hey folks, this Jesus we proclaim and by His Holy Spirit who lives in us in all truth and all, all power in our lives and all authority. You and I, Walk with Him. Others will want to know Him too. Trust Him. Let Him use you. 
Heath, you don't know. I'm not very good at all that. Hey, you show me someone that is. Let me tell you, the best people I know are people that simply say, Jesus, here's my life. Use me today. I'm going to abide in you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to be in relationship with you. You lead me, Lord. Wherever you lead me, I'll follow. Whoo! I want to be around those folks. But every one of those folks are people that have also come to this Word and said, Lord, feed me every day. Talked to the students earlier today about I am the bread of life. Can I ask you a question and I'm done? Here it is. What are you feasting on today? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Are you, are you, are you feeding yourself from His truth, from His Word? Because if you do that, you'll know Him. You'll know Him and you'll want others to know Him too. And when you get around people cleaning gas stations at 12 degrees, you'll know they love Him too. Because He'll be all over them. Just like He'll be all over you. And if you're here this morning and you've never trusted Jesus, let me tell you something. There's no reason to live in fear and misery. There's no reason to fear and doubt. To live in a way where you're so confused about life. Listen to me, Jesus came to set the captive free. And He'll give you life today. What a glorious life it is to know Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. In just a moment, Brother Aaron is going to come up and Brother Charles will be here. I just want to ask you a question this morning. If Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, no man comes to the Father except by me, do you know Him? Do you have a relationship with Him? If you don't, then I'm going to ask you in just a moment to step out from your seat. I'm going to ask you to come down and take Brother Charles and say, Brother Charles, I need Jesus today. They'll show you from the Bible, the Word of God, how you can place your faith and trust in Him. He loves you. Staff will be here to care and help. Students, maybe this weekend you trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you realize, you know, He thought... I'm ready for my church family to know. Let me tell you, this church family will absolutely rejoice in that. They'll go crazy. You just let Brother Jason know and you just say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let the church family know that you step out and come. Maybe you're here this morning, you say, Heath, I, we need a church home. We need a Bible-believing, gospel-centered church home. Welcome to one right here. Folks, I want to tell you, you can't do any better. I promise. But maybe you need to come to these altar, Christian believer, and you say, you know what, Heath, I need, I need revival in my heart. Heath, I need to abide in Christ today. You know what, I, I love Him, I know Him, but you know, I've, I've just kind of gotten discouraged or I've gotten hurt. Or, hey, listen, don't leave here today, today that way. Hey, He loves you. He has all truth. He's the way. He is life. And Christian believer, don't walk out of here burdened and broken down. Come to this altar and lay that burden down. Say, Lord, use me. I'm going to pray. We're going to stand. We're going to sing. My question this morning is this. Will you let Him have all of you? That's what He wants. Trust Him to be your Lord and Savior this morning. Christian believer, come to this altar and say, Lord, I'm trusting you to use my life. I've, 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 I've gotten hurt or I've gotten, I've gotten away or I've gotten discouraged. Whatever it is, you lay it down. We're going to pray. You respond. Lord, in this room this morning, I praise You for this church. 
Lord, I thank you for the Spirit of God that's here. I thank you for the Word of God that's proclaimed in this place every week. Oh God, move mightily among us. Lord, I'm praying for some brothers and sisters in this room, Lord, that need to get saved. Lord, maybe they may be in the top row, but Lord, it's a short walk here. Lord, they may be on the front row, it's even shorter. But Lord, I pray that from wherever we are, if we've never placed our faith and trust in Jesus, that today they'll step out and come. As soon as I say amen, Lord, they'll step out and come. Lord, I pray. I pray for my brothers and sisters that are burdened down, those that have been discouraged, and those that, that have been hurt. Lord, I pray that they will come and lay that burden at the altar. They will leave here with your joy and your peace. Lord, I pray also for my friends that need a church home. Lord, they would understand this is the place to be. You've called them here to get involved. I pray they'd be obedient this morning. So Lord, move in this place for your glory. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going